Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the I Am Guru Great podcast with Jake Shapiro. Hi, I'm Jake Shapiro. Glad to be here. Uh, I'm Gray Goodfriend, otherwise known as Guru Gray. Happy to be here. Uh, recording this on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I just finished watching the Lakers-Clippers game. Yeah, me as well. I thought uh, that it was a great game. Um, you know, let's uh, let's just get let's jump right into it. Let's Straight start with the Lakers. It. Yeah. Um, so, it, case to be made for them as the best team in the league, without a doubt, coming off a win over the Bucks on Friday and a win over the Clippers today. Definitely, I think the the best defensive team in the league. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And especially with LeBron playing this way, I mean, he's. Yeah, Other I, mean, than I was. I was watching the game, and between him and AD just taking charges, and LeBron making hustle plays, in addition to his chase down blocks and everything else he brings, and then you have these guys like Avery Bradley and Danny Green. I mean, playing good defense on Lou Will, holding him to terrible shooting. It's just they're they're really at another level defensively. There's I haven't seen a LeBron team play this well on defense since the Miami teams from seven years ago. Oh, hundred percent. And if you're gonna get. 24 points or maybe Bradley 6 of 12 from 3. I mean, it's hard yeah. to beat the Lakers that way, especially if LeBron and AD are putting up their numbers. It's just hard to beat them like that. Yeah, I mean, these you have the best duo in the league, and then when you get these guys like Avery freaking Bradley exactly. scoring like this, it's And like Danny Green has his games. I mean, Danny Green was 0 for 2 today, but it didn't even matter. Avery Bradley stepped up. Kuzma had some buckets. Didn't shoot that great, but... Yeah, I mean, speaking of Kuzma, I've I've kind of been back and forth on him all year. I mean, I I can never tell if if Kuzma sucks or if he if he brings a lot to the table for the Lakers because he's kind of a good second unit scorer. He creates his own shot, but at the same time, I feel like he he takes bad shots and takes away from LeBron. You know? Yeah, I know. I mean, it's tough when he's on the floor with LeBron because he's not a great spacer and he kind of needs to dribble and create his own offense. And LeBron's a dominant ball handler, so takes away Kuzma's game, but when he's with that second unit, like you said, he's hard to stop. Yeah, I mean, you haven't, you can't hear enough of it this year. Point LeBron, it's just like the story of the league and yeah. leading the league in assists for the first time of his career, even though it kind of feels like he's done that a lot before. Um, I mean, he's without a doubt the best player in the world this year. Oh, he's yeah. just completely taking over at the end of games. I mean, he was kind of quiet the first three quarters, wasn't really doing a ton, and then fourth quarter came and he just was too quick for Kawhi, which oh, yeah. was remarkable because, you know, everyone says Kawhi is an elite defender or whatever, and LeBron just embarrassed him for the entire fourth quarter, it felt like. Yeah, especially after the first two games, opening night and Christmas. I mean, Kawhi kind of took it to him those first two games, and LeBron was getting some backlash. People were kind of questioning his greatness, and he really brought it today, and especially against the Bucks in his last few games. I mean, personally, I'm not the biggest LeBron fan, and even I have to just say, wow, I mean, he looks like the best player in the world right now. Yeah, you, you hear a lot about, you know, Washed King or whatever. People were doubting LeBron, and it's just – people never learn, man. Like, you can't doubt LeBron. It's it's never worked for anybody. He's always lived up to and beaten every expectation his whole career. Um, and now he's he's outplayed Giannis and Kawhi in back-to-back games. Uh, and it it just kind of – it makes me think uh, – is this is this MVP campaign real for LeBron? Does he have enough to get past Giannis? Um, I mean, no, I don't think. I mean, Giannis has just been incredible this season. You look at his per thirty six and everything; he's just putting up historic numbers. And while LeBron has been the best player in the league for the past two weeks, month maybe, I mean, what Giannis did earlier in the year and even what he's doing now is just unbelievable. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, you'll, you'll hear some people make arguments for LeBron as MVP saying, oh, well, he's he's 36 years old. He's in his 17th year. And then I hear that, and I'm like, since since when does age come into account for the MVP? <laughs> it just doesn't it doesn't really add up for me. Um, and I feel I I just I think that it's it's getting closer for sure. But uh, Giannis still adds more defensively than LeBron does, mm-hmm. and he's a more efficient scorer. And I I think the Bucks are just better defensively and offensively. And also just when is when is the last time you've seen a guy put up 30, 13, and six a game on almost sixty percent shooting? I mean, it's ridiculous. It just, it just hasn't happened. Yeah. Um, and you you saw it on Friday, even though they lost to the Lakers. Uh, that that turnaround jumper that Giannis added is filthy. It is unstoppable at times. Yeah, take um, that, Harden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he's you know seven seven feet tall, just runs around and dunks. Can't yeah. really do anything <laughs> according to Harden, but. Um, but yeah, so I think that was we we basically got a, a good finals preview and Western Conference finals preview mm-hmm. the last couple of days. Um, Speaking of Harden, the Rockets maybe outside candidate for a Western Conference finals. What do you think? The, the Rockets new small ball mentality. They're small going ball, with. micro ball, really. <laughs> yeah. Nobody over six six or whatever. Um, I think it's it's been really good for Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. You know, I, he didn't really fit well early in the season. wasn't wasn't taking good shots. wasn't really shooting enough. Um, but now that the floor is just so open, something that he never had in OKC. Uh, I think it's it's been really good for him, and he's what putting up thirty three a game since yeah. the new year. Uh, and I don't know. I I'd be scared to play them in a playoff series, but at the same time, if I'm if I'm a team like Denver, I I yeah. feel confident due to the, the size advantage at the end of the day. I mean, getting rid of Clint Capella at the time, I was kind of confused by it. I was like, "There's no way this can work." And then adding Robert Covington, who's a tough, hard-nosed shooter who can play. And yeah, I mean the the whole thing. So basically, you look at their their two trades that they made between the trade deadline and over the offseason. They gave up uh, Chris Paul, Clint Capella, and three first rounders, and they got back Westbrook and Rocco. Uh, and it's working. I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, they're I think they're at fifth in the West right now, um, but I, Harden also hasn't been playing very well recently. But I think that's with Westbrook picking up slack. last night. <laughs> yeah, with the ten turnovers, well, yeah. always always bound to happen with him and Russ. But um, I don't know. I I feel a lot better with uh, the Lakers and Clippers. I don't see any way the Rockets beat either of them in a full playoff series. Yeah, I mean, if I had to pick one team though to get past them, I mean, I know you like Denver, but I think they're such a dark horse and they're so hard to guard. That it could, yeah, that could cause some trouble for some other teams. I mean, Westbrook is playing like he's impossible to stay in front of right now, and he's taking more efficient shots than he has in yeah, that's how long I can right. remember. And if you get some good yeah. games from Harden here and there, Rocco hits some shots, Eric Gordon steps up, I mean, you never know what could happen. Yeah, they're they're definitely a wild card team. Uh, I, I feel like they're kind of all or nothing. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if they lose in the first round, but at the same oh, time, yeah. If if we see them in the finals, I like I wouldn't be fully surprised either. Um, but yeah, I you look at their crunch time lineup and just compare it to these other teams. It's it when you have like nobody over six six, and then you look at the Lakers. They're trying to figure out their crunch time lineup. I mean, after today, I feel like Avery Bradley is definitely in there. Yeah. So when you got him and Danny Green, and then you just have these big. You have LeBron and AD and Kuzma. If that's your if that's your crunch time group, I mean that's that's just so much size for the Rockets. And you look at what LeBron's doing out of the post this year. Yeah. 
his his post game is virtually unstoppable. Um, and I don't I don't see any way Houston can counter that in a seven game series. Yeah. So are we saying the Lakers are? If we had to pick one team right now, are you going Lakers to make it out of the West? Yeah. I'm 100 percent going with the Lakers. Uh, I think this weekend was a statement. They're now mm-hmm. within what three games of the Bucks. Yeah. Um, I they have two of the four best players in the whole league this season. Yeah. I mean, I'm not counting the Clippers out though. If I had to pick a team right now, I'd go with the Clippers. I mean, it's interesting. Um, I don't know. I I haven't been too impressed with Doc Rivers. He hasn't really been able to figure out the balance between all their guys. Um, I, I think Lou Will still takes too many shots. He obviously is he's great at scoring uh, when you need a bucket. But at the same time, I, I when you have Kawhi and PG on the court, I don't think you can have Lou Will taking all these shots. At yeah, the there's just so much talent. I mean, huge statement game for Paul George today. He came ready to play, shot it really well, pretty efficiently, especially in that first half, got him going. And Kawhi, I think he started the game 0 for 5 from 3. So just having Paul George shooting it, keeping him in there, kind of makes it scary to think where if they're both on, it could be a nightmare for other teams. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw some stat. It's when, when they have everybody healthy, I think their team is like 14-0 and 0 or something. But it's just it, when, uh, when, you have no, when you have none of your guys playing together for the whole season, it's just hard. And it makes, it makes me think, like, it can – can these guys all make it together through an entire playoff run fully healthy? Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know. I don't know if I see it. And also, I just think, I just think LeBron is just better than Kawhi, and I feel like that, that is a big deal at the end of these playoff games. Should they meet in the playoffs? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh, Utah. I was looking at it. Uh, their last twenty-two games. Uh-huh. Uh They won four in a row, lost five in a row. Won four in a row, lost four in a row, and then won five in a row. So definitely a streaky team. Yeah, uh, it's they're just so on and off. I I have no idea what to make of them. At the beginning of the season, I I thought they could have been a dark horse finals contender from the West. Um, but I, with the turmoil and the situation with Mike Conley, uh, I mean, that trade at the time I thought was so great for them. Uh, but as the season has gone on, that it's just looked worse and worse. He's getting embarrassed on defense. He can't figure out how to work himself into the offense because uh, he needs the ball and he's not getting it. And uh, it and at times, Gobert can be a liability because you know, obviously he's. You look at all these advanced metrics. You'll these obnoxious Utah fans on Twitter. <laughs> they're. I, I think. Just quick side note: I think Utah fans might be the most obnoxious NBA fan base right now. Oh, yeah, them they them and the Rockets be. have to be top two. I mean, Utah also like everything that goes on in their arena. I remember that <laughs> Westbrook scandal last year. It's just always coming up with something. Yeah, it is. This is the most vanilla <laughs> crowd that you will ever see. I've I've been to a Jazz game there. It is it, like, nothing like you've ever seen <laughs> in any other fan base. Um, but anyway. Uh, I just think uh, with Gobert, obviously he's a defense player of the year candidate. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know that he's quite as impactful as he's been in the past. Even though his numbers might be better, and he was finally an All Star, uh, I just think the more he's on the court, especially in a playoff series like we've seen with Houston the last two seasons, I, teams just figure out ways to go at him and draw him out of the paint, get him switched onto guards, and he just gets, he just gets destroyed. Yeah, I mean, it's hard, especially to win with a center who can't shoot anymore. I mean, yeah, I mean, forget can't shoot. The guy can't even 
create his own shot from past four feet. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like you see, especially a lot of these teams' crunch time lineups, they're going with guys down low who can really create their own shot or add something on offense that's extreme of value. Like, AD's the big guy for the Lakers. Like, Harrell, he's very good on defense, and he can create his own shot surprisingly well against big guys. I mean, yeah, Trez, Trez, Trez is a good shot creator. He's quick, but I, I don't know. I, I, I think I think the key for Utah is just uh, I think for them is finding the balance between mm-hmm. all their scores because they have all these guys who can really fill it up between uh, Donovan Mitchell and Conley and uh, Boyan Bogdanovich. Shooter. Uh, yeah, he's a great shooter this season. Um, and then you have Clarkson off the bench. Uh, they got guys. And then Royce O'Neal is a 3 and D guy. And Ingles, they have a lot of guys who can really play. Um, and I think uh, they have to figure it out because uh, Donovan Mitchell actually shoots significantly less in games that they're winning. Uh, That's interesting. Over, so over the last 20, in their wins, he's taking uh, 17 shots a game. Uh, and in their losses, he's taking 22 shots a game. So it just kind of makes you think, uh, like in wins, you got balanced scoring, and they're getting their other guys involved. And when it loses, it, he just kind of – when they're losing, he just kind of turns it into, I'm our best guy. Let's, I'm going to go toe-to-toe with your best guy, and I'm going to try to win it for us, and it just doesn't really work. Yeah, I mean, especially now you see with the best NBA teams right now, I mean, outside of the Bucks, have two very high-level players. I mean, yeah, Clippers, Lakers, I, I Rockets. Think, also, I don't think we can discount Chris Middleton like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, he's an all-star, and he's sh- shooting super efficiently this year. But, yeah. like, I'm talking about, like, Guys, I mean, actually, now Chris Middleton's had a 50-point game this year. Yeah, so I, I hear what you're saying. Every team um, needs those two guys, and I think while the Jazz, Jazz have a lot of talent, they don't have that clear-cut second guy to go to. Yeah, it's uh, can like can Bogdanovich really be your second-best guy in, in a playoff series against the Clippers? Like, exactly. I, I don't see it. And I don't know that Donovan's even a great number one because uh, his shot selection at time isn't great. I love him. Uh Explosive athlete, great player, but at times he just does not shoot it efficiently. And I think you look at you look at the number one options for every other good team in the West. You have LeBron, Kawhi, Harden, uh, Luka Doncic, Jokic. I I don't think he really compares to any of those guys. Um, I I just I don't know I don't know that they really have it, and it makes me think that uh, the the Conley trade could have been a massive mistake. Because if this doesn't go anywhere, then the fact that you're giving up uh, some draft capital for a guy who's what, 32 and getting paid 30 million a year for the next three—that's uh, that is a disaster of a trade for them uh, if they don't do anything in the playoffs. And I, based on where it's going, I don't see them doing anything. Yeah, I mean, it's just—it's hard, man. The NBA, there's just the gap between the great teams, the good teams, and bad teams yeah you're, you're really seeing it this year it's getting so big I yeah mean, the league's definitely really top heavy yeah. uh i mean you look at the <clears throat> these teams that are just the pre- presumptive favorites um and like the jazz just do not compare to the lakers or the clippers whatsoever yeah uh i i think they would they would get swept if they if 100%. they were against either of them in a playoff series yeah i mean but at the same time at the same time i feel like should Mike Conley be able to pick it up that they could be a scary team? I just don't know the chances of that. I think it's they're slim. Uh, and I, I didn't think 
He was he was really good last year, and I just did not think that he would fall off this quickly. I agree. What are, what are we thinking about that last playoff spot in the West? Does Memphis have it locked up? You know, Sacramento Sacramento's making a run at it. I know. Um, I think uh, they're like the f- the fifth best team in the league since uh, since the start of February or something like that. Um, they're like fifteen and six in the last twenty one. Um, Buddy Hield finally got out of a shooting slump. And De'Aaron Fox is just so dynamic. Yeah, uh, but I th- I think they're back three and a half. I don't know with with twenty games left. I don't know that you can really make that up. Um, I I think regardless, whoever whoever the eight seed is is gonna get absolutely destroyed by the Lakers in the first round. Yeah, I mean, and this draft class isn't that deep either. So I don't I I mean, if I'm the Kings, I'm I'm just going for it, man. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, I I think if you're the Kings or the Grizzlies, I think the most important thing is to try to get your young guys playoff experience. Mm -hmm. Because when you got De'Aaron Fox, who's 21, John Morant, who's 20, you just want to get these guys these experiences so they can grow as players as fast as possible. Because I think, you know, both of them should be playoff teams for the next few years. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely on the upswing. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what happens with Heald this summer as a free agent. Yeah. He's going to get a lot of money. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Sacramento's not willing to pay him. But I, I then again, they bring him back. Their management is just so bad with, with Vladi Divac as their GM. I, you know, speaking of uh, that, they, you know, passing on Luca for Marvin Bagley a couple years ago is just looking increasingly worse. Yeah, I uh, mean, Marvin's been hurt, but can't even get on the Luka's court. just an absolute superstar. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, going out east, so we got. The Sixers, quite a bit of turmoil going on there. Um, you got the Embiid injury, uh, who still uh, needs to be reevaluated. Uh, who knows when it will come back? Probably in the next week or two. Um, but uh, you know that team is just not the same without him on offense or defense. And then you have the Simmons injury, who uh, their leading creator. Yeah, and he's questionable to return before the playoffs. And it's with these back injuries, it just it scares you so much. I know, because really, even when they're back, I mean, they're not the same player, depending on how severe it is. But and it's yeah, you know, as as somebody with my own <laughs> my own back back pain struggles, I can tell you, it's just it never it never really fully goes away. Uh, and I'd be I'd be worried about that for Ben Simmons, especially since he doesn't have that dynamic jump shot or. Yeah. He really needs to get He's up fully, and down to fully play. Fully relying on his athleticism and. Uh, I just I I'm really worried if I'm Philly. Uh you know, obviously Shake Milton's been putting <laughs> up like twenty two a game, pulling in for Simmons, but no no long term answer there, obviously. Um I I wouldn't be surprised if uh Brett Brown gets fired after the season. See, We're, I'd feel bad there 'cause I mean these injuries are just so hard to come back from and I mean, before the injury they were looking like a contender out in the east i mean obviously the bucks were yeah but i mean even when they were healthy I, they were they had the same road record as the knicks 55 <laughs> games into the season yeah. so i don't i don't think what i don't think anybody like that's 21 and 2 at home uh yeah, like i think they're they were 27 and 2 at home at one point <laughs> but just just could not win a game on the road to save their lives uh and it's 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 interesting i mean i thought brett brown was gonna get fired after they dropped the series to toronto in the second round last year uh, a lot of rumors were saying that he was going to get fired if they didn't make the finals. And then somebody stuck around, 
presumably because Embiid and Simmons like him. Um, and you know, if you're Philly, you don't want to you don't want to disappoint your your building blocks. But I I don't know. I I think although NBA coaching uh, isn't super important at times, I think it it does play a big role in these playoff series. Oh, yeah. I mean, you saw it last year, Nick Nurse. I mean, unbelievable coach. I mean, the Raptors, yeah, granted they did have a lot of talent, but who really thought the Raptors were winning the title going into last year? I mean, the war- yeah, even going I mean, into that series, I thought the Warriors had it for sure. So. Yeah, that Masai, Masai Ujiri's gamble on, on the Kawhi Leonard trade really paid off, and it, you know, it sent this, this Sixers team into a, a weird, weird stretch for the next couple seasons because mm-hmm. uh, they're – they're kind of contenders, but at the same time, like nobody's really going to say that they're a top four team in the East right now. They're kind of the Houston of the East. You think so? Uh, how, a little how's bit. That? I mean, they're always in the mix. You always say, "Oh, they could get there. They could." They're always second round, maybe conference finals if they have a really good year. A lot of talent, just never can fully put it together. Yeah, I hear you there. I think uh, it's just the fit with Simmons and Embiid has just never really worked. Yeah. You can't I, have your two best players. I mean, Embiid's a capable shooter. He's not great. And Simmons just ha- cannot shoot the ball. He just clogs He clogs the court so much. Obviously, he's he's a great passer. Uh, and it, he's a great guy to have on defense, switching on to everyone, um, getting a ridiculous amount of, refl- of deflections this season. But I, he just clogs the court so much. And when, when his defender is able to help on everyone, it just – it stops so many driving lanes from being available. Um, all right, so if you if you had to pick, if you were the Sixers, Simmons or Embiid, you had to trade one this offseason, who would it be? I'm trading Simmons. I mean, I would M- trade Simmons too. Yeah, but I don't um, know what you're getting for him in today's NBA. Yeah, especially with the, with the back injury, if that persists, who even knows? Um, but I think if – I think Embiid has the potential to be the number one guy on, on a on a title team. Oh, 100%. The the real question with him is just health. Uh I mean, he can never play a full season. Um and now with Simmons uh and you know, they they just gave him the huge extension. Uh I am I am really nervous. Uh if I'm uh, if I'm the Sixers uh about that and I think uh you you got to get rid of Simmons. I I don't know if it's possible. Yeah, I don't know who's gonna take him and give what the Sixers are gonna be asking for. Cause because they're they're I, they're never gonna win a title if he can't hit a jump shot. And he made whatever improvements he did on on all these videos he saw on Instagram and Twitter over the summer, and but none of it is translated. He just hit like two threes all season. Exactly, and it's also just a confidence thing. I mean, you can't go from hitting zero threes in a season somehow being some incredible shooter or even capable shooter i mean how many threes has he even taken this year yeah I, it's maybe a couple dozen at most exactly it's, so he, he's, he's not confident shoots. in it and if he's not confident in it why should other teams view it as a threat so they can just scout them and come up with a system and the sixers just don't have enough talent to beat that yeah i agree i think uh it would be interesting to see if if they can try to f- maybe uh Flip Simmons and uh, some draft picks for uh, a Bradley Beal or something. I if if Washington would be interested in that, I feel like that'd be like such a quintessential Wizards trade. <laughs> I mean, who knows what the deal is with John Wall if he's ever gonna return from his Achilles injury? But uh, 
I, I don't see them going anywhere with Beal, and I feel like they might be willing to take a chance on Simmons to six or sweeten the pot with some other picks. I mean, a, a Beal and Bead duo would be very hard to guard. I, I could see that being a lot more successful. I mean, Bradley Beal hasn't played defense in so long, but <laughs> I think I think if you put him with some other guys who can really defend and on a team that's actually good, he might might actually play some defense and, and be such a dominant force on the inside on defense as well. I think that would help a lot. Uh, but I, the Sixers are just such a mess. I mean, if if I'm if if you said that I could take over an NBA team as a GM in the East, I they're not one of my first three or four picks. Oh no chance. I I would much rather be in a situation like Milwaukee, Miami, even maybe uh, definitely Toronto and definitely Boston. Oh yeah, I mean Boston's just they always find a way. Yeah, I mean Danny Ainge is just such a genius. Uh, you know, with with Tatum finally working out, uh, really making that jump. That I mean, uh, when he traded Fultz for Tatum and a future first, it was just like, all right, Danny Ainge is just moving back. He's acquiring more assets. He's giving away a generational talent, Markel Fultz. But he could not have been more right. Jason Tatum is, you know, definitely the best player in that draft class. Um, and at, what, 21 years old, he's already a top 12 player in the league. Uh, putting up 30 a game in the last two months. Uh, I mean, the guy's borderline unstoppable on offense. If I had to take one team out of the East besides Milwaukee, it would definitely be Boston. I mean, yeah. they have that guy in Tatum. Jalen Brown's playing great. And yeah, Kemba, Kemba's, Kemba's fully a great healthy. second option, too. Exactly. He can really run a team. He's a good leader. And then they just have guys. They're playing good defense. And when Tatum's playing like this, I mean, they can compete with anybody. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's just it's just remarkable uh, what what's going on there. And then uh, these teams like like Indiana uh, is just dropping, and the the Nets. Uh, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens when when Oladipo can figure out his return. Yeah. And uh, Tyloo next year is Nets coach. Yeah, I, I mean Kyrie, the the forget coach killer. The dude is an organization killer. He is. He destroyed Cleveland, Boston, and, and now Brooklyn. It's like, what is going on with that I team? mean, that's got to speak to LeBron's leadership. I mean, the fact that he can win a title with this guy who's ruining, ruining NBA locker rooms, NBA, progr- NBA teams, I mean, it's big time. I mean, that's one way to put it. I don't know. I think just the, the greatness of LeBron and in every sense of it is just I, – I, I can't say overlooked – because he's he's the most talked about NBA player basically ever, but uh, he's just this late into his career. I feel like I feel like I haven't heard a single person talk about LeBron this season without saying something about his age or how many seasons he's been in the league. But it's it's truly that amazing what he's doing. Yeah, we'll see if it carries over to the playoffs. That would be the defining moment. I mean, yeah. he's having a great push in the regular season, but I feel like he can really take his greatness to the next level. With a solid playoff and a championship, honestly, is the only thing that could. Yeah, I think if if he could really bring if he could bring another title to the Lakers, that would be that would be awesome. You know, first time in ten years, which for a lot of franchises would be unbelievably quick, but for the Lakers, it's kind of a long time without being back to the finals. Um, and it's yeah, I I think uh, he's he's just solidifying his argument as arguably the greatest player of all time with another title. I mean, yeah, it makes it – I mean, right now it's interesting. I think 
one more title and it's really really a debate like yeah i think right really right now either way jordan still has it right yeah, now i agree with you there but i think once once lebron gets his fourth and he gets back to the finals another time then you're it's really it's especially really, if it's a strong finals performance then yeah i mean if if we get a a prime lebron finals appearance oh, over yeah. giannis and the bucks and they win i i think that that just i mean He's right there with Jordan at that point. But then again, a finals loss might hurt his legacy a ton. See, I've always been a strong opponent of that. I think I think people who use the finals record against LeBron are just completely just so wrong on that argument because I, I don't know how you can use a finals appearance against somebody. I mean, come on. That's like getting to the last part of a puzzle and not being able to right. put it together. But my, my thing with this is, is just – would, wouldn't you rather get to the finals and not get there at all? I mean, people always say... Uh, I mean, like, yes, at some point, but when you've been to the finals, what is he right now, 3-5 and five or 3-6? and six? Uh, I think he's 3-6. and six. When you get there and you're winning one-third of the time, I mean, it sounds good when it's one-third, but you've been there nine times and you've only come out with three rings, I mean, come on. Yeah, but I mean, if if LeBron was... Jordan 6-for-6. Six six. If LeBron was 3-2 and two in the finals and only got there five times... 3-2, and two, nine, I mean, like, that's respectable. I mean, 3-6 and six is... So you're saying the four extra finals appearances have, have hurt LeBron. Is that that's the well, argument you're making? No, I'm saying losing the four finals appearances hurt him, yes. See, I, I, don't, I, don't, really, I don't really see it like that, but I, I'm, sure, I'm sure there's a lot of divide over that. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah. Should right. we move on to the NFL? Switching gears, yeah, so... You know, NFL free agency starts uh, in about a week and a half. Uh, we're hearing a lot of rumblings about Brady and, and Rivers and whoever else. And uh, I, this NFL QB carousel is, is going to be very interesting to see. Uh, we're hearing a lot about Brady possibly leaving, possibly staying. I mean, I can't see a world in where he leaves. I, I refuse to believe it until I see it. I mean, I'm seeing... Oh, Brady and Belichick called, and it didn't go well. I even saw something today that Brady will want to end up with Antonio Brown. It it kind of reminds me of uh, the Kawhi's free agency from uh, last summer. Like everybody in the business thinks that they have inside information. Everybody thinks they know what's going on. But really, at the end of the day, it's just whatever they're thinking. Really, at the end of the day, at this point, he could leave or he could stay, and nobody would be surprised. But it would be a massive, massive deal for the sports world. If I'm, if I'm gambling right now i'm putting my money on he stays that's just me yeah, i mean I, I, think can't, I don't see a world where brady and belichick aren't together i, mean, I think the like patriots are uh around minus 250 favorites uh uh in vegas to keep them um it's like I, separating peanut butter and jelly it just doesn't <laughs> work <laughs> i mean i yeah I, I don't i don't see any reason for him to leave i just he's just not even an elite quarterback anymore i, I don't i don't see a reason for him to leave uh, I think regardless of where he goes, he'll be hanging it up after a year or two anyway. Oh, 100%. And then right. where else is there a little right. turmoil? In? Uh, so the the Chargers uh, have a vacancy mm-hmm. uh, with Rivers uh, guaranteed to be gone. Um, some options for them, you know, you got Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, could be a leading I think that's favorite. a great fit. Yeah, I, I mean, he went, what, 5-0 and as a starter yeah, for the Saints last year? Had a good touchdown-interception ratio. I mean, yeah. he looked good back there. Yeah, I mean, I, who doesn't with Sean Payton? But and at the same time, ends, yeah. at the same time, it's it is certainly not easy to go five and zero, regardless of who you're throwing to or who your coach is. In Didn't the NFL. he beat like Seattle too? And yeah, big wins. win at Seattle. 
Uh, they won against Jacksonville uh, when they were still respectable before they plummeted. Uh, G-Minch. Yeah, I mean, interesting to see what happens there, too, with uh, announcing G-Minch, who is their, their full starter going forward. Uh, I Seems mean, like a waste of money with Nick Foles. Colossal mistake. Uh, just paying him $80 million to <laughs> just sit behind there. Be a cheerleader. Yeah, for for the uh, mustachio gentleman, Gardner Minshew. <laughs> um, and then uh, my guy, Jameis Winston. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't feel safe with Jameis Winston as my quarterback. I know right. you're a huge supporter Hear me of out. him. Hear me out with this. So, All right, I will, I will. So last year... His age 25 season, uh-huh. he throws for over 30 touchdowns, over, over 30 five interceptions. <laughs> it was th- it was 30, but let's just let me let me finish out. All right. So he throws for over 30 touchdowns, over 5,000 yards. It's his first year in Bruce Arians' system, and then this summer, he gets LASIK eye surgery. So so you're telling me, dude wasn't even able to see where the defenders <laughs> were, and he's still tossing 30 touchdowns, and he got his meniscus trimmed. So he's playing with a bad knee, too, and he finished the season with a broken thumb. So you're telling me a fully healthy Jameis who can see where the defenders are, <laughs> second year in Bruce Arians' system, I feel like uh, Tampa would be really stupid to let him go. Um, they were they were a few plays away from being a playoff team. They finished uh, right around 500, and uh, they lost some close games, including an overtime loss in Seattle that they could have won. Um and I think uh, you look at it in the past with Roethlisberger, Andrew Luck, and Carson Palmer. That second year in Bruce Arians' system is huge for the development of a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I just don't see a way to win with a guy turning the ball over that much. I mean, if I'm a defensive player, I hate Jameis. I mean, you think you're off the field. Two seconds later, you're back on pick. You're guarding the other team again. Yeah, well, at the same time, Tampa did have uh, the worst uh, defensive back unit in the whole league so I think if they can fix that up and then you know because of the turnovers let's say uh, their front office decides to give Jameis kind of a I mean a I agree with you I think it. he should I think he should stay in Tampa I think that's the best scenario but yeah well him and his agent are also reportedly asking for uh, over 30 million dollars a year oh. which he does not deserve so I think the move let's for get a million dollars for every interception <laughs> I think <laughs> I think the move for both sides would definitely be the uh the franchise tag. Uh I've heard rumors that they're using it on Shaq Barrett uh and that they'll be looking elsewhere at quarterback, but I don't I don't think that'll be a wise move. I think you you franchise Jameis and if it works out, then you give him a deal after the season. If not, then you you kind of pivot and then you give Shaq Barrett that extension after a big 19 sack season for him. I mean, in a world where Jameis doesn't come back, could you see being being under center for Tampa Bay next year? Um, well, you hear the reports of uh, Rivers and his family moving to Tampa, um, or or the the Florida area, not necessarily Tampa, but uh, that could be an option, uh, especially if they're in a win now mode with with Coach Bruce Arians. Um, uh, you could see them look to the draft, maybe, um, but I don't I don't really see Arians going after a young quarterback. Um, because the only young quarterback he's ever really worked with and had a lot of success with is Andrew Luck, and I don't see an Andrew Luck level talent available to them. Um, I I think I think it's uh, I think it's Jameis or bust here for them. I'd I be agree. I'd be shocked if they don't keep him. And then let's see. There's also so we covered that we have Indiana. All right. Uh, 
for the, for the Indianapolis Colts, uh, they got Brissett. They extended him for the season last year, but uh, um, you, you hear the rumblings of of Rivers possibly signing with them because uh, you know they got that infrastructure with their O line and a good defense and good run game. Uh, they got Ty out there, they got talent. Yeah, and they they have a lot of cap space. Uh, I mean, it depends on who they draft, but uh, how how awesome would it be if if they uh, if they sign Amari Cooper in free agency and then and pair him with Rivers and Ty, I mean that's, I mean though I think they almost clinch their division with that. I mean I know the Titans are really good, but and you I, got you got Houston there too. That is that division is tougher than people give yeah, it credit for. Yeah, but I mean I think with that offensive pa- firepower and their defense as it is now, I mean I think <laughs> I think they could be the best team. I mean I'm not gonna go ahead of myself and say the AFC, but I think they're gonna be a serious contender if they can pull all that off. Yeah, I, I could see that. Um, but I don't know. Rivers, pretty shaky last year. He's getting up there in, in age. Uh, would would Is he that much better than Brissett, do you think? I don't know. I mean, Brissett, he had that knee thing this year. I mean, I know it was small, but before that, he was looking pretty good. Yeah, I mean, pre-injury Brissett was a borderline like a top 12 quarterback in the league. He was looking great. Um, but I think, uh, I, I think I think they'd be good either way. Um, See, there's also, I mean, if Chicago, I'm Miami, I let, I want I want to talk about Chicago. So, all right, Trubisky, you in and out. I give him one more year. I think at the end of the even year, if even if Rivers says Chicago's his top option, he wants to sign there. I'd rather have Trubisky title. than Rivers next year from the Bears. I mean, if I get if I can get Jameis, I can get Bridgewater, I can get Brady. I mean, I don't know if those last two are going to be options for the Bears. But they also they also don't have the cap space that some of these other teams. Yeah, have. so I'm going back with Trubisky. I think that's their best bet. Yeah, I obviously uh, you hear all this stuff about Trubisky and how he, he sucks and he's a crappy quarterback. But at the end of the day, I think with his arm talent that he does have, it is there. And, and he's mobile, too. I mean, yeah, he can I, run I the think ball. he was misused last year, for sure. And, uh, you know, his his weapons are not as good as they could be. I mean, Allen Robinson's good, and then after that, they don't they don't have a good option. Uh, I mean, Anthony Miller and all these other guys, none of them are really viable number twos. Uh, I, don't, I don't really see it for any of them. Um, so I think if, if Matt Nagy can figure it out and get Trubisky rolling out in space more and more option type of plays, I think that could be good for them, and they can kind of recover their offense a little bit to go with that elite defense. All right, yeah, I agree. Now Miami. So I think they give Fitzpatrick another year, but I think they have to take someone in the draft, no, whether I that think, be Tua or Herbert. Uh, I think I think Fitzpatrick will either end up in Miami or Cincy. I mean, so I, I think right now, I mean, at the end of that year – what they they were so good at the end of the year, I mean they really bounced back. Everybody yeah. wrote them off like, oh, Dolphins are going to be zero and sixteen. You know, they what? they were they were historically awful and then finished five and four in the last nine games. I was extremely impressed with Brian Flores and Fitzpatrick played well. It would it would be interesting to see what they could do with a, a legitimately talented quarterback like uh, Tua in their system or or Justin Herbert because you know with the top 5 pick I I do think they'll be going after a quarterback in the draft. You have to. I mean, especially when you're when you have their current quarterback situation. And I think it'd be foolish not yeah, to take Yeah, and QB. I think the the 39-year-old Fitzpatrick situation is is good to have as a mentor. Running out of gas though. Yeah, agreed. Um and then Cincy. So basically a lock to take Joe Burrow, right? I have to. I mean, I don't see a world where they don't. But but Jake, he's got small hands. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, that, that might be the most overrated combine stat I've seen thus far. I think the biggest 
shit show of all the teams right now has got to be Carolina. Yeah, I mean, new coach Matt Rule. He did he did say that he likes Cam Newton. He's very impressed with him. Uh, must be his fashion sense. It's got to be, because uh, it's not it's not his injury history or whatever he's doing <laughs> on the field. Um, I mean, I the the whole thing that made Cam uh, an above average quarterback for his whole career until last season was his mobility, and now that that's gone and you have the foot injury that kept him out all season, I I, I don't know how accurate of a passer he can really be. Um, it, it makes you wonder if if they'll go after. Uh, Derek Carr, Andy Dalton in a trade, or if if they might make a run at signing uh, a Jameis Winston, who knows? Yeah, I mean, I think that's their best bet because right now it's just they're in trouble. Yeah, I I mean, you know they they have a lot of talent with uh, on the offensive side with McCaffrey and their two young receivers uh, and DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, and I think uh, whichever quarterback does land there could could uh, have the opportunity to put up some some really big numbers. Definitely. All right, so you want to wrap some? We're gonna wrap this up with some college basketball. I mean, I know it's a little early. March Madness doesn't Love come to. out for another week, but All right. So Selection Sunday is a week from today. Yep. Um, some some one seeds run into some trouble. You think? Uh, so Baylor and SDSU were looking like virtual locks to be one seeds in the tournament, and uh, Baylor two and three in their last five. SDSU. Uh, Dropping games to UNLV and Utah State over the last couple of weeks. I mean, Baylor Baylor has some really good wins on the year, so I am still confident in them, especially in the tournament. They have some guys who transferred from JUCO. Most of their starting lineup is a little older, so there is that experience factor. And S- while SDSU does have that experience factor as well, those losses are just some pretty shaky teams. I mean, UNLV was like the five seed in the Mountain West, and then – Utah State, they're not great losses to see, especially Utah State. I'm not. I'm not too worried about. I mean, I obviously unbelievable shot by Sam yeah. Bell to win the game for them. Um, that <clears throat> that dude is just great shot maker. You you saw it last year. He won Mountain West Player of the Year, mm-hmm. and then this year, I mean uh, Malachi Flynn pretty much has that as a lock. But yeah, I mean he's arguably the best senior guard in the country. I mean, he's just playing out of his mind this year. Yeah. Uh, it'll it'll be interesting to see. I think good senior guard play always is a big thing in the tournament. Uh-huh. Uh, or so junior, they're going to be a two. Guards. So they'll come in as a two. SDSU. Yeah. So they're, they're locked to be a two as of now. So there's think, no way there's not. So you're not. saying Dayton's getting that one seed? I mean, I was worried about Dayton yesterday, and I look one second it's fifty-one all, the next second it's seventy-six to fifty-one. I mean, right? They're just. So right now, yeah, I think they take that last one seed spot, especially yeah. with Obi Toppin. Yeah, just I mean, unbelievable. Looking like a top five pick, probably the best player in college basketball this season. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's no real answer for him. Just his offensive game is pretty advanced, and his athleticism is uh, it's too much for anybody that gets matched up with him. Yeah. So selection Sunday, like you mentioned, is next week. We haven't seen how some conference tournaments, especially the big ones, the Pac-12s, the Big Ten, the ACC, will shape up. But right now, I think Virginia's coming in from that like nine to eleven range for their seed, and I think if they stay there, they're going to cause a lot of trouble in brackets. Nine to eleven in the rankings or in the seeding? In the seeding, so they'll come in as like a nine seed. 
Oh, I, I have a hard time seeing them coming that low. I think they'll be a seven or eight. I mean, Bracketology, of, as of like two days ago, had them coming in at a, at a nine. And I know they just beat Louisville, but still. I think I, that's a big win for them. Louisville coming in as a top ten team. Uh, yeah. It's a big big conference win for them as well. I mean, um, I mean the ACC is just year in, year out the best, regardless of how bad UNC is this year. I mean, they're having a down year. They'll probably get four or five teams in, but... I mean, Virginia, the way they're playing, their defense is always great. Tony yeah. Bennett runs a great tight ship. They have experience at the point guard position. Kihei Clark coming back, and he's been hitting some big shots in a role that he didn't have last year because of Ty Drome and Kyle Guy. But if he can keep playing this way and they can, their defense stays strong, I have trouble seeing teams beating them in the tournament. Yeah, I mean, I have been very impressed uh, with Virginia uh, still being this good after losing their three best players and uh, Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome, and DeAndre Hunter. Uh, I think it speaks volumes to how good Tony Bennett is as a coach uh, because they they don't really have any good offensive players. I mean, <clears throat> between Kihei Clark and Diakite as your top two guys, I, I don't I don't see them doing anything. Uh, Braxton Key is okay, but they don't they don't really have guys like that. Um, and then. Uh, you said uh, they might get four or five teams in. You know who else might get four or five teams in? Pac-12. The Pac-12. Uh, who would have thought that three yeah. months ago? <laughs> I mean, they haven't they haven't gotten in more than three teams in uh, I think three seasons. Yeah. Um. So a resurgence for the Pac-12. Uh, I think Oregon's definitely going to get in. Oregon's a lock. Arizona's a lock. I think after beating uh, UCLA, I think USC. Is USC, I think, is a lock. lock. And then you have these teams who have a chance to get in so with good performances like UCLA, Colorado, and Stanford. Col- the thing is, Colorado had it. They were a top 25 team. Oh, yeah, for the whole season, basically. They, they just fell off, and I, I don't even know what can explain it because they're good on defense. They're usually pretty good on offense. They're just losing – they're dropping games. I mean, the Pac-12 yeah. has just gone out of nowhere. Like, UCLA's, UCLA's rise – I mean, you got to credit Coach Mick Cronin. I mean, it's been unbelievable what he's done there. He's just completely changed the culture. They're the best team in the Pac-12 on defense, and they have guys who are. I mean, you look at you look at the talent that they have and putting up numbers that are just way out of their ballpark. So it's just been really impressive what he's drawn up there. Yeah, I agree with you there on Cronin. I think uh, Dana Altman also just does a terrific job. I mean, I, I'd say he's definitely the best coach in the Pac-12. You look at what he does at Oregon year in year out. Uh, they'll probably be a three seed again this year. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time seeing anybody beat them in the Pac-12 tournament. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they, they, Peyton Pritchard is just—I think he should be the Player of the Year. Uh, I can't say I agree with you there, but I—I I think any team that can put together 25 regular season wins and has good upperclassmen guards is very scary in the tournament. I and agree. That's true every year. So another good team with um, upperclassmen at guard, Michigan State. They were they fell out of the top 25 for a second. They came back in at 24. They just beat Maryland. They beat Ohio State today. They they've come alive at the right time in an old team with some winning with a winning streak coming into the tournament. You saw it with Auburn last year. They can cause a lot of trouble. Yeah, I mean you have certainly a coach at the top of the top of the the coaching ladder with uh tom Izzo, um and a great upperclassman guard in cassius winston uh as a senior um he kind of fits that uh you know Devonte graham jalen brunson kind of fit mm-hmm. um and I, you know they don't they don't really have a great second option 
I know. I mean, Rocket Watts has been inconsistent. Their big play has been here and there, but I don't know. I just feel like Izzo will pull something out. Yeah, and they, you know, uh, tough tough schedule every every year for them. Really helps them get ready for the tournament. Um, and I I wouldn't be surprised to see them make another run like they did last year. If you had to pick a team right now, win it all. I mean, I know it's really early. Really putting me on the spot here. Um, you know, it's that's a that's a really tough choice. Um, I I feel like I call me crazy, but I like Dayton a lot. I like that pick. I like that. Um, they don't they don't have uh, these top wins that some of these other programs have, but I think with a player as good as Obi Toppin uh, and a team that plays really well together on both sides of the ball, I think Dayton can really make a significant run in the tournament. I like that pick. Who would you go with? Um, I'm going to give two picks. One is just going to be the safe one in Kansas just because they've been playing really well last year, but this year, I mean. The team that I like, I mean, I know they've lost recently, but Maryland has really been playing great all year, played great defense, really efficient on offense. They have senior guards. They have senior bigs. I mean, they're going to be tough to beat in the tournament. They have size. They share the ball. They're really good this year. Um, That Maryland pick really coming out of nowhere. I don't know. I don't know about that one, but, uh, we'll see. you know, when we when we get the seeds next week, we'll see Heard how it here all shakes first, out. Maryland. Keep that in mind. Um, all right, well, that about wraps it up for us. Um, Jake, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. We'll see you guys soon. Until next time.